Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Least Talk Forever. This one uh, is going to be in honor of William Nylander. It's going to be named Willie Styles. Uh, me, Scott, and Kyle are back with you, so that means we're going to get a bang segment from Kyle. I don't know exactly. I don't check. I know Scott um, sometimes looks at them, but how did he do last week? Anyone know? Scott, did you follow uh, follow up with my bets? or uh... No. No. Okay. Um. Anyways, two for three. Buffalo, two for three. Uh, Buffalo lost me. They lost to Philly. Four oh nine. yeah. 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 That's uh. Well, if you single parlayed them, or I guess if you put single bets on, and then you bet five dollars on each, you would have won some money. Especially the um, Yeah. So Kyle doing fairly well at the bank segment, but not perfect yet. You got some NHL and NFL this week, or just uh, um, NFL? I'm just gonna do who I think's gonna win. Um, playoffs are tough with regards to spreads and everything, so I'm just gonna go with my clear winners. Um, and then I got I got some NHL picks for uh, tomorrow night Friday's game because obviously I'm not gonna pick tonight. Yeah, yeah, we are doing this ahead of the Toronto Detroit game, so um, yeah, he'll begin your pick picks for tomorrow. And yeah, it is uh, wildcard weekend this weekend, right? Yes, it is Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Let's go, Bengals! Alrighty, um, so we're gonna throw it right over to Scott to start off this podcast with some news and notes. So, uh, as of last game, I guess, it was reported that Matthews is going to be game-time decisions for the following games. Um, He is that for tonight's game as well. 
with the undisclosed injury. Sheldon Keith never actually specified where or how he was injured. I did see on Twitter that people thought it was um, a while back. There was a game, I forget it was against now, but he got crushed in front of the net. It kind of made contact with his back and his forearm. So that could have been where it happened. But um, yeah, so he's missing last game. He's probably going to miss tonight's game. I don't know about any games after that, but he's out with an undisclosed injury, which sucks because he is uh, our best player. And then in that absence, uh, Bobby McMahon made his NHL debut. Uh, is it tonight or was it last game? Last game. Was it last game? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's filling it on as a role player. The Lions got shuffled around in the absence of Matthews, so they had to call him up to, to fill that role. And that's spot in the lineup. Yeah, he played pretty well, actually. He had one uh, one like notable shift or play where he like dove for the puck to get across the curve for um, a scoring chance, and he had a couple hits. And uh, I think he played what twelve minutes. I think it was around so, yeah, yeah eleven twelve minutes. So, um, hopefully, we. I mean, this probably won't be an everyday thing, but I mean, he is like six foot two, two hundred and ten pounds, so he's a fairly big guy for the NHL, and hopefully, we can uh, see him a little bit. And yeah, I mean, he. Anybody um, know he the reason? Helped. Oh, sorry, Kyle. Um, he definitely showed that he wanted to. He wanted to be there. Like, I don't know if you guys. I when when players come up like that, um, I kind of try and highlight them throughout the game. Um, just for for discussions like this. Um, but yeah, he definitely showed that he wanted to be there. He was moving pretty quick. Um, his defensive game um, didn't look amazing, but like I mean, this is his first NHL game, right? Um, but yeah, back to your point to Spencer, that one play where he dove and it got someone a breakaway. I think it was Kerfoot or something, and he just got robbed by Saros because that guy's a brick wall right now. But yeah. Um, yeah, he did. Uh, he did play well. Pardon me, Scott. Does, does anybody know the reason why he specifically got called up as opposed to um, another any of the other guy usual call ups or or guys in the minors who are waiting for a, a shot? Like, is there yeah, a reason he won? Uh, he won AHL Player of the Week for the week of January eighth. Hmm. He had three goals and, uh, and three assists for six points. So I guess when that happened and he got awarded that, they kind of just rewarded him. But, um, yeah, we'll get into a few things a little later on in the pod. But I guess a couple people, there would be a point for a couple people not to be happy. Yeah, I, I just didn't know if, because like I, I haven't been following him at all ever. So I didn't know if he had like a lot of points or – or it was just a recent thing, so yeah. Yeah, he has 15 points in 17 games, though. Like, he has been playing well, but I guess the reward was the player of the week. Hmm. Um, let's jump right into that next thing there with Adam Gaudet. Uh, it's, it's apparently reported, well, not necessarily reported reported but apparently from what i've i've heard 
a couple of people and people on Twitter say that uh, it's rumored that Adam Gaudet might be a little bit angry with the fact that he's got overlooked with the Joy Anderson, with the Sir Durachemsky, what's his name? Simeon Durachemsky. Uh, and then I think I said that completely wrong. Yeah, that's it. Um, and then uh, I forget who else got called up this year. Someone, oh, well, Pontus Holmberg, but he's proven that he can play in the NHL. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess he's. It's rumored that he might be a little bit mad. Uh, Scott looked up his stats before, just because this is one of the reasons he's got 16 goals and 25 points in 26 HL games. Uh, he plays center and wing, so he would fit with Bobby McCann uh, being. But Bobby McCann being a winger, he would fit in that in that spot. But also, it was it was said at the beginning of the season that LA Freeman uh, had mentioned that. Apparently, when they when they signed him, he was supposed to. They told him that he could be the next Michael Bunting on the team, where he fits in a role and and excels. And the, I guess the expected spot was that second line, second line with at that time Tavares and Nylander. You could throw Alex Steves in that conversation too, because he's also played exceptionally well in the HL. Would you guys be mad? Like if um, we were in his. In his position, yeah, like either okay. either of those two players, like would you be mad or would you be happy for Bobby McCann being undrafted, playing four years in college, going to the ECHL, playing in the HL, working his way up to the NHL? You know, like would you be happy with the twenty-six-year-old guy finally getting a chance, or would you be like, "What the hell's going on? Why aren't I getting an option a chance?" Well. Like, I he's he's got a point, but there's always going to be one person that's a little upset. Like Logan Shaw, he's got good numbers too. Um, I think like 38 points or something in 33 games or 34 games. Um, you said Steve's, um, Joey Anderson. I think they're just trying a bunch of these guys and seeing who's going to be the best fit. And obviously, depending on injuries and this and that. Um, because what what they want to do with these guys, they don't want them to just sit in the press box like Simmons has been all year for the most part. Um, they want to play. So if, if you're going to be up with the Leafs, you're going to play. Otherwise, you're going to be with the Marlies playing. Um, so, yeah, I understand where he's coming from. Um, but I see him getting his, his chance event, eventually. Um, and McCann was – or McMahon was hot at the, the time. Um, and they gave him his chance, and who knows? Yeah, Godet could be next, depending on the injuries and everything. Uh, yeah. I, it just seems kind I mean, of strange. I, I, I don't think I'd necessarily be mad. I mean, I'd, I think I'd be a little disappointed that they're passing, from his point of view, I guess, passing over him to call up other people, but... Uh, there's there's also more to the game than just scoring goals, right? If he only has nine assists, and from I've read a couple of people on Twitter, obviously take that with a grain of salt because most of the time it's just fans like us talking. So, but uh, they said that he's not necessarily the best defensive player. So if he's solely basing on the fact that he has 16 goals and he thinks he deserves to have that spot, then I, I don't think I'd necessarily be mad. I'd just be disappointed because I, I'd also know that there's other aspects of my game that maybe are holding me back. Uh, just quickly adding this in here, uh, 
Austin Matthews is not on the ice for warm-up. And Ilya Samsonov's going to start. He's leading the team onto the ice. Um, but anyways, yeah, I I just think, like, besides goals, points, whatever, like, the hardest part with these is, like, you see people on Twitter saying stuff, you hear reporters, and maybe it's not all true, you know? Maybe some of it's um, made up for clicks or made up for views or to stir conversation, but he has to know something, you know, like, like, Goddard of all people in this situation because he was a, reportedly by Elliot Freeman say, got told that this was going to be his role, like he's going to be an NHL player. Like they have, he has to know something that's going on. No, or do you think they're just completely leaving him in the dark? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, like Scott said, maybe like something, something like that. He should definitely be told. Like he's doing everything right. Um with regards to points, but like Scott said, like defensively, you know, I don't watch the Marlies, but like, I don't know how his defensive game is, but this is based, this could be based off of, um, biased fans. Um, but to answer your question, like he might know something that we don't know. Like maybe they'll, they're trying to get, get his points and everything up. Um, good numbers. So that a team like, I don't know what's a team that's not not the best that could use him. Then you get guaranteed playing time. Um, Columbus, let's say I don't I don't really know if that's the best fit um, to to try and trade him potentially because it seems as though the Leafs now are looking at everyone and um, they're making kind of making it seem as though we have a ton of depth by calling up a different person every time. It seems like Derek Chinsev, um have we called up Abu Zizi this year? No, that's another one. He was supposed to be a guy, and now he's not. Okay. But, yeah, anyways, it seems as though we have so many options down there. Um, and even Wayne even Wayne Simmons at the age of 34 or whatever, I don't like how he sits in the press box. But uh, He's playing tonight now. That is good. I like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's, if it's for a potential trade. Um, or if he has an attitude thing, like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, speaking of the attitude thing, it has, it was reported, um, uh, or alluded to when he got traded from Vancouver to Chicago, that he was, uh, I guess had made comments about Travis Hamernick or something when they got COVID. And I guess he was the reason why they got COVID and, and there was like a big issue there. And then I guess in Chicago, there was also, uh, issues on the team that kind of revolved around him. So, so maybe there is an issue, like an attitude issue, or maybe there's just, uh, I don't know if it's necessary attitude. Maybe people just don't like him. Like maybe it's not his attitude towards people. Maybe it's just like his personality that they don't like. You know what I mean? Like, like maybe it's just the way he looks the way, I guess it revolves around attitude, but maybe he's not actually like a jerk or a dick. Maybe he just, I guess, yeah, I guess what I was going to say is maybe he's got a dick personality, but I guess that's attitude. Um, um, but I don't know. It just seems strange to me that like you've got these guys in the in the minors that could could be NHL players, and and I'm not saying Bobby McCann didn't deserve it. It just seems strange to me. I mean, also you got to add in the fact that these guys are only coming into play seven, eight, potentially nine minutes a game, right? 
if they're not coming into play second, first line minutes. So maybe they just don't want to call him up and then have him sit on the the bench for, for three quarters of the game. Where yeah, if he stays true. in the minor, Marlies, he could play top line minutes and still put up those points. Which goes back to Cal's point where it seems like they're playing it up like we have so much depth, calling up a different person every time. But if you actually look at it, like they're not actually contributing to the team besides maybe Holmberg, who's been a mainstay. Like they play last line minutes, then they get sent back down, and then a week later someone else come, gets called up, they play last line minutes, and they get sent down. I don't wouldn't really say that it's showcasing depth. I would just say they're just calling guys who they know will be okay with playing those minutes. And I don't agree roles. with that. Well, yeah, me neither. But like they, they may, like, by all accounts, the the professionals on TV and all that say they have good depth. But if they're only doing it in the way that they're doing it, I wouldn't say necessarily that's showing off depth. I would just say that's calling up players who are okay with playing last line and then being sent back down. You do have a point there. Yeah, I don't know. Just those are valid points. Obviously, everything that everyone has said here is is valid. Just like again, I just it just keeps going back to he must know something. There must be something that if it is what we said, or maybe they maybe they are just going to trade him at the deadline. I, I don't know. Like, it just seems to be like. Um, like it's been what 42, 43 games into the season, he hasn't gotten one chance. Even if it was like instead of Nick Robertson at one point, you know, or instead of Pontus Holmberg at one point, it just seems strange to me. But anyways, if, um, if if he's getting angry at it though, that then that kind of implies that he doesn't know the reason. Like if if that report is true, and, true. and he has expressed anger with the organization for not calling him up, then that only implies that they haven't necessarily given him a reason why they're just not calling him up. Yeah, that's true. Of course, yeah. he could also he could also use that to his advantage though, and and leave the reason out to make it seem like it's the team's fault and not his own. And if um. What you were saying about like how he was told, oh, he could turn into like a Michael Bunting, this and that, when all he was given really was the preseason um, to show himself, and then he's putting up those points in um, the AHL, um, and he sees all these guys getting called up, what three or three or four guys or something ahead of him, um, then yeah, he, I'd be pissed off. Yeah, that's. I, that's why I don't understand is was the Elliot Friedman report wrong? Is this report wrong? Or are they both right and the team just really does not care? But I mean, at the same time, maybe he's producing. If, if it was me, I'd still be pissed, but I'd still try and produce because maybe like Kyle said, maybe a team that needs an extra piece, whether it be uh, whomever Columbus, Arizona insert, whatever team, maybe that's why he's playing well. I don't know. And and I said this to you earlier, Spencer, that it could be a Keefe. Because in, in the past, specifically this year, Keefe has shown that he does have favorites that he likes to play over other players. Whether Justin Hall. Or Hall or, yeah. So maybe it's just a Keefe. If he hasn't been called up since the preseason, like that was the last time he was actually in a Leafs uniform, maybe it's a Sheldon Keefe doesn't like him problem and the team just doesn't want to call him up because there'll be a 
an issue there, knowing that he'll get sent back down relatively quickly if Pete doesn't like him. Yeah, that's true. Um, just want to throw us out there quickly. Uh, speaking about Sean Keefe, the lines pretty much stay the same. Um, but Justin Hall moves down to the second line because Jordy Ben's coming back in for Connor Timmons, so he's playing top line with Morgan Riley. Interesting. So it's it's Riley, uh, Ben, Hall. Jordan Hall, Sandy, and Lilligren. And then uh, Kerfoot, Bunting, Nylander, which was a line that they put together last night, which seems to have done well. Um, also, I just want to take a quick minute to shout out David Alter. I don't know. I think I told Scott this, but uh, I messaged him on Twitter like uh, maybe a week ago now. And he's actually, believe it or not, agreed to like actually have a sit down and talk about career paths and stuff. I just thought that was a little cool because – you don't see that every day. Uh, so if you haven't followed him, he always does live in-game uh, tweets about what's happening. He's always around the team, so give him a follow if you don't, because that's usually where, like right now, that's what I'm just looking at his page because he's tweeting out everything that we're talking about in terms of lineup. But yeah, just wanted to give him a shot because I thought that was kind of cool. Also, another quick little stat is uh, it's been 4,000 days since Oliver Ekman Larson's been a healthy scratch, and he's getting healthy scratch tonight. 4,307 days. That was March 29th, 2011. 12 years. Wow. And he's getting a healthy healthy scratch. Um, Anyway, so we got about uh, 20 minutes here, so we're going to send a Kyle. we're about almost halfway. We're going to send to Kyle for our betting. Actually, we're going to do the average first, then Kyle's betting segment. Then we'll come back and talk about uh, Nylander and the inevitable Tampa and Buffalo, or sorry, tr- Tampa and Toronto playoff series. Uh, what do we think going in, and how would that affect the trade deadline, knowing that that's your first round opponent for the Leafs? Uh, then we'll get to the week ahead and some closing remarks, and we'll enjoy the game. All right, Kyle, get ready. Uh, listen to this ad read. Write down the promo code and win some dollars. We'll be back. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to the Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why would you bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Personally, I'll be placing a bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who wouldn't want to bet on Tom Brady? So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and use code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NFL and get $200 in free bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See notes for details. Alrighty, THPN. Without further ado, we're going to bring in Kyle, and he's going to hit us with a, uh, well... Whatever you have planned. Tell me when you're ready and I'll play some background music. 
and deep thinking. Lovely. All right. Always. Wait, do you want deep thinking or do you just want a background soundtrack of the Kawhi Leonard laugh? No, yeah, let's not do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here it is. Maybe next time. All right, guys. Um, Back again with my betting segment. Um, So as we said earlier in the podcast, um, I won't be putting out the picks from tonight's game, Thursday, January 12th. I'll be putting out the games games from Friday, January the 13th. Um, There's three games on the board tomorrow. Um, First game starting off, Winnipeg Jets at Pittsburgh Penguins. As of right now, I don't know the exact lines. Um, I can check them right now as we speak. Um, obviously, they're going to change based off of results of games and this and that. Um, so, as of right now, I have Pittsburgh Penguins over the Jets. They're at home. Um, Winnipeg will be on a back-to-back. Tonight, Winnipeg plays in Buffalo. Um Connor Hellebuck is confirmed for tonight's game. So tomorrow night, it looks as though David Riddich will be starting. Um, last couple of starts he's had have been pretty shaky. He's given up four goals and three. Um, no, his numbers aren't terrible, but I like Pittsburgh at home. I know Jari might not be back potentially, but uh, not sure who saw the game the other night. But they came out terrible against Vancouver. I think Vancouver's up. 2 nothing or 3 nothing, um, And then Pittsburgh's offense just came back. Um, I think Pittsburgh is a good pick. Um, take their money line. I don't think it's going to be that good. Maybe a minus 150 if I were to, if I were to guess. Um, so it, it'll be okay. Um, but nothing, nothing close to even. Um, so yeah, take Pittsburgh. That's my first pick of the night. If you want to spice it up, you can go with a couple player props, but, um, I don't know how that one's going to turn out with regards to over or under goals. If there's going to be a lot, if Riddick, if Riddick is in net, I I'm saying you can probably get, um, if you can get Jake Gensel or Crosby over half point, take that. Um, otherwise, yeah, just take the money line and hopefully it's pretty good odds. Um, second game, I do have money lines for, as of right now, um, New Jersey Devils at Anaheim Ducks. Um, New Jersey's a minus 270 favorite on the money line. Um, you can get them for minus 105 for the um, minus one and a half goals. So I would take the money line for sure. But um, the Ducks, I think, have given up 17 points or 17 goals in the last three games um, against Boston, the Sharks, and the Oilers. Um, so 13 of those came in the last two games. I know it's Boston and the Oilers, but still, um, they, they lack a little bit of defense. Um, so take the Devils' money line, and to spice it up, I would take any one of um, Jack Hughes, uh, Nico Heischer, or... Uh, Jesper Bratt, maybe even Dougie Hamilton, if you can get them all at 0.5. With the way Jack Hughes has been playing, I'd probably even take him at 1.5, over 1.5 points or 0.5 points because um, I, I have a feeling they're going to score at least 5 against the Ducks. 
Devils have been pretty good offensively this year. So um, any one of those player props over 0.5, if you're Jack Hughes, I'd even take 1.5. And the Devils money line. The money line isn't very good, so that's why I'd spice it up and add to it with the player props. And finally, um, with regards to NHL, this will be my last pick. Um, Take the Edmonton Oilers over the Sharks. Um, Right now you can get them at minus 155, which is pretty good. Um, Oilers are finishing up the road trip, I believe it is. Um, No, they're not done the road trip. They still got two more games. Anyways, they just dominated the Ducks um, yesterday. Beat them 6-2. They should be able to go into the Shark Tank and beat them. Uh, Take the Oilers money line. Minus 155 as of right now. Um, Not bad money. And finally, um, like I was saying earlier in the podcast, I'm not going to pick overs or unders or spreads um, to cover. I'm just going to go with the teams who I think are going to win this week, and then you guys can decide whether or not you want to go for the spread or take the cover. Um, So first game, these games are Saturday. Uh, Seahawks at 49ers. I think the 49ers are going to win. Defense is just way too good. Um, offense is pretty good. I think they're one of the best teams in the league with regards to overall team. And it's pretty amazing that uh, third string QB, who is drafted last in this past year's draft, very last, is now taking them to, uh, to a playoffs. So, yeah, Brock Purdy, third-string QB. Um, But he's got so many weapons out there that he can just use them all. Debo Samuel, uh, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, uh, Brandon Ayuk, they're they're all so good. So 49ers should win. Um, If I were to tell you right now, I'd say take the spread. Um, But as of right now, uh, I don't know. Yeah, right. that's just my thought about it. Second game, Chargers at Jaguars. Chargers minus two, 2.5. I think Chargers are going to win. Do I want them to win? No, I'd love to see the Jags win. Um, Kind of a crazy year they've had. Um, But I think the Chargers are just too good. Their offense is pretty solid with Herbert and Williams. Um, Jaguars are at home, though, so I think the fans could get a little bit loud there and lead them to a close game, but I think Chargers might squeeze by. That's my that'd be my pick. Sunday's games, uh Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins. That's gonna be at uh, Orchard Park in Buffalo. I got Buffalo winning for sure. That team's elite. Um defense is amazing. Tua Tego Vilo is not playing. They so they got Skylar Thompson, I believe it is. I don't even think their backups available either. Pretty sure Bridgewater Bridgewater's injured. Um, so yeah, Buffalo should win. Um, right now they're favored by 13 and a half points, meaning the odds, the odds makers think that that game's not going to be any, anywhere close. Um, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with that game. Bills should beat them pretty easily. Um, but yeah, my pick would be Bills, uh, Giants at Vikings, Vikings at home. Uh, I like the Vikings to win that Giants haven't made the playoffs in a while. I forget exact the exact year, but they haven't they haven't made the playoffs in a while. They've been pretty uh, pretty poopy lately. Um, 
turned it around this year with a nine and seven record. Um, I just think the Vikings' offense too good. Justin Jefferson, elite wide receiver, top three wide receiver in the league. Um, Vikings go out and win it for the home fans. Uh, Sunday nighter is Ravens at Bengals. Bengals favored by nine and a half. I gotta go with the Bengals. Um, I don't think Lamar is playing. Um, I don't even know if their backups available. Their backup, their backups questionable. Actually, Lamar is. Yeah, Lamar's not playing. He said that he's unstable with his left knee. So yeah, it's not playing. But he's still listed doubtful. So I don't get it. Um, but yeah, their backup Tyler Huntley's questionable. Did a limited practice today. Um, so they'd be going with their third string QB, Anthony Brown, who played last week. Um, I still, even if Lamar was playing, I still think the Bengals would win. Um, pretty good team, elite offense, pretty good defense as well. Solid secondary, um, good pass defense as well. Taking the Bengals there, minus nine and a half. I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, Bengals pick. And final game is Cowboys at Bucks. Cowboys are favored minus two and a half points right now. I'm taking the Bucks. I do not like the Bucks as I'm a Panthers fan, but do I think the Bucks are going to win? Yes. Um, I think Brady's playoff Brady's just going to come out. And Cowboys lately, um, last week they didn't play very well. Um, and Cowboys seem like a team that are good in the regular season and then choke in the playoffs. So. For that reason, I'm taking the Bucks, and just because playoff Brady is going to come out and produce. So, Bucks is my final pick. That one is a underdog pick as of right now. Not sure what the lines are going to change to, but if you take the Bucks right now, you get some good money out of that. That's all for me this week, guys. I know it's a little bit of an extended uh, segment this week, but um, as you guys know, I love my football. Um, now that we started hockey um, betting, hopefully it gets you guys some more money. Um, if you did, if you did my picks the other night, we already discussed this. But two for three, Buffalo somehow lost against Philly. Um, hopefully we continue this, and whoever listens and does the bets um, gets some money, depending on how how I do. It's hit and miss with this kind of stuff, but. Uh, yeah, hopefully you guys listen to my picks and uh, bet responsibly, of course. And there it is. Kyle, trying to become a bet expert. If you hit also, on all last of those the, picks. The last right? time the Giants made the Super or the playoffs was 2016 when they lost in the wild card. Oh, okay. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, I knew I knew it wasn't recent, but. Uh, if if anyone bets all of those picks and wins, please, please, please message us on social media, uh, and Kyle will give you a hundred dollars on top <laughs> of the money that you won. Actually, I'll make this out there, and I'll say Kyle will match the amount of money that you won. So, if you won a million dollars on his bets, he will then match that money. What do you think uh, I am? Shouldn't they be paying me? Because I'm the one that told them. 
Yeah. You know, how about this? If you guys win, you guys give me 10% of the money because I came up with the betting segment for Kyle. And then I'll split 1% of my 10% with him. Oh, thank you, Spencer. Thank hey, you're still going to get some kind of money, buddy. Be grateful. Uh, you get a punch in the face. Okay. All right. So uh, I didn't realize Kyle's betting segment was going to be an extended one. I did hear him say that before. I just didn't know how long it would be. So uh, we'll try and get through this quick. Do you guys want to talk about William Nylander and Toronto play- Tampa playoff series? Or do you just want to talk about one and then push the Tampa Toronto playoff series till next week? Or do you just want to get them both done? Uh, I think we have enough time to talk about both. We still got like 20 minutes. All right, boys. Let's get cooking here. Okay, William Nylander, your thoughts? And I also want to know, if you were going to give him an extension January 1st, what would that extension be? Scott, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, I think he's proving this year that he's the player everybody has said he isn't. Um, based on point production, at least anyway. I think at, at times he's, he's stepped up his defensive game as opposed to the previous seasons. But I think with Matthews getting off to a, a slow start, which, I mean, technically isn't really a slow start because I think I said last year I counted beginning of, or end of December last year he had around the same amount of goals he has now. So, But with everybody expecting him to have 70 by by the end of the year, um, I guess that counts as a slow start. But it's up with 22 goals, I think, and leading the team in points, um, which has allowed the other players to kind of just play their game as opposed to trying to step up also and, and put – more points on the board. Um, contract? I, I think I'd give him, um, what is he now, 27? I think so, yeah. Uh, I'd, pro- I'd probably give him five five years, eight and a half. Five years, eight and a half million dollars for the Scott. Um, yeah, I would probably second pretty much everything you said. Uh, I know that there's a quote of him saying that he always thought he was going to get to this level. Uh, some people called him the poor man's David Pasternak. Uh, uh, I think, although that could still be could be true, just because Pasternak is like the star on Boston, uh, William Nylander would be the star on any other team. Uh, you put him on Columbus, Montreal, New Jersey, whatever team. Uh, I mean, obviously not every single team, but you put him on uh, the Winnipeg Jets, he'd be Kyle Connor. Actually, he'd be better than Kyle Connor. You put him on Anaheim, which I think could be an ultimately good fit for him. Uh, I think he's going to be the guy, which is nice to see, nice to know that we have that. Um, In terms of contract, although I think it's going to be very, very tough uh, because – he did take a pay cut this time, although he his play didn't didn't uh, ask for the ten eleven million dollars. Still playing at six million dollars is still amazing. Um, although I don't think that they're going to be able to sign him, I think that he'll probably be getting my term or my contract that I would give him was probably uh, seventy million dollars for seven years, so ten million a year. Um, and then in terms of what I personally feel is, I feel. If they can't re-sign him this year, they're gonna uh, they're gonna let him play out the season because obviously he'll generate eighty to hundred points, and then that following off season, so off season twenty twenty four into twenty twenty five, he'll be dealt. Um, 
Yeah, so Kyle, you can take her away with what you think. Uh, I'm just going to keep it short because I know we're short on time, and uh, you guys kind of um, said what I was thinking. Um, I think I mentioned this the other day too when we were talking about uh, on the last episode. I think I said I'd, I'd give them around nine, um, whether it's 8.75, nine on the dot, or a little bit above nine, like 9.2. Uh, um, I give them around nine. Um, I'd, I'd try and give them around like four though. I don't know about five. Um, yeah, four year, four years around nine million. Four years for Kyle, a little bridge deal, although it's not really a bridge deal anymore because he's 27. Uh, I think that we all want him on the team though, right? I know Scott does. I know I do. Kyle, would you want him back? Oh yeah. All right. I'm glad this is a William Nylander show. That's for sure. Also, uh, just, a, just a correction on that. I don't know why. I, he's, I know he's not the leader in points. Marner is. I saw that today. Um, I don't know why I said that. Kind of just slipped my mind while I was talking, but I said Nylander is leading the team in points. He's not. He only has 47. Marner has 50. They're close. Yeah, yeah it's still, uh, still nice to see, though, because, like, I mean, he was the least – no, Mitch Martin was the least vote for the All-Star game. If you can right now, uh, voting open today, I want to see William Nylander go to an All-Star game. I know Austin Matthews deserves it because Austin Matthews sells tickets. Austin Matthews is a this and the other. But if the if, if the report from Nick Kipperos is true and Toronto does host a 2024 All-Star game, there's probably going to be three, four players at the least there, including Austin Matthews. I would like to see William Nylander, uh, William Nylander there. So I feel like – uh, you get 10 votes a day, I think, or seven votes a day. I want to try and get William Nylander into the All-Star game because I think he deserves it just based on 47 points and 40. This is the 43rd game tonight. Uh, and with that, we'll now transition to a playoff picture that looks to be set in stone in the East, especially the Atlantic. Um, Boston's ran away with it. Boston's obviously potentially on record could be the best team ever. Pardon me? They're only nine, they're only nine ahead of the league. No, I mean so like not, they've run. Not, like they're, I what I meant was like, well, I was I was continuing. I wasn't saying they're running away with the first. I meant like they're running away with the playoff, like a playoff oh. position. Toronto, as well, I was going to further say, there could be the best team ever. They're, they probably won't. Uh, Toronto, obviously, and, and Tampa. Tampa, I feel like is the only team that could drop out of the playoff race at this point. Um, but Toronto, Tampa playoff series potentially again. Going into the trade deadline, which is now probably, I think, 49 days away. Uh, 49? Uh, sorry, I think 59 days away. Uh, what would you want to add, not in terms of positions, but in terms of style of play to beat Tampa? Because Toronto needs to make it on the first round. Do you want to add some more physicality? Would you like to add more um, just depth in general? Would you like to add a offensive, a two-way defenseman? Uh, what, what would you, another score in the top six, what would you think? Uh, I'll go first. Then. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily think they really need to add anything, and obviously they're going to. And we said the last week that I said or depth defenseman if they can. But I think with how some players have stepped up this year in in the absence of other players and and the the streaky nature that Marner's been on. With the additions they made in the offseason, who I think are upgrades over the players that left last year, 
I think that they necessarily don't really need to add anything. They just need to to step up in those moments where they're down in a game or or the the, the calls don't go their way and and make sure they win. Because last year we were the better team in that series. We just kind of didn't play through the the things that went against us. Then I feel like this year they're showing at least so far this season with the slow start they got off to and then dialing back to be the second best team in the league that they kind of have that mentality now. Whether they do that in the playoffs, of course, is a different story, but I feel like that they're going to. So I don't necessarily feel like they need to add anything. But if they do, then probably like a, a not necessarily a gritty, but like kind of like a yarn croak style player for the bottom six. Or like a Zach Austin Reese, who can contribute when he needs to, but is mostly there for like the digging, the defensive style. Uh, fun fact about Zach Austin Reese with most media members around the Toronto Police, not like. David Alter, Luke Fox, but like most reporters, as if you're talking about Justin Bourne, Nick Kipros, those style players, or those style reporters, uh, whatever. Most of them do not like Zach Aston Reese. Most of them say, describe him as a robot who doesn't really show any emotion. So I thought that was a little interesting because coming in, uh, everyone talked him up as a, like a hitter and all this other stuff. But apparently, looking back on what people have said, historically, his biggest downfall is that he lacks emotion. So hopefully he can step up that emotion into the off season or into the post postseason. I I think he's shown emotion on the ice from what I've seen. Yeah, apparently that's the number one fault on on him is that he doesn't show emotion on the ice. Maybe that's just his personality. Yeah, I thought maybe they meant from like an interview personality. Oh no, it's like apparently he's robotic on the ice. Like he just doesn't. But it's funny because like there's that time that he got in a fight and he was pissed about it. There was a time that he got high sticked and he was pissed about it. Maybe he's just a very easygoing kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? Like the difference between Scott and I, I know from brothers is Scott's very different than I am. I flap the handle way faster than Scott. It takes Scott a lot longer to flap the handle, but when he does, he does, he shows emotion. I am more quick to the trigger. Maybe that's the difference. Maybe Zach Ashton reads more like Scott, where it takes him longer to get pissed off. And I think on a team that already has Matthews and Nylander and Marner and Riley and Bunting, like not everybody on the team needs to be that style of player. So for them to say that that's his biggest downfall, like teams need that. Like not everybody on the team can be cocky in your face, like a Bunting or a Marner or a Riley, whatever. Like I think there has to be a flow of of both that kind of counters the personality of the team. Otherwise your team would just be hated by everybody. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go second Kyle just quickly. I think Toronto missed the opportunity when they, they should have traded the fifth round pick or a prospect or whatever, a fifth on a prospect, whatever. I know Minnesota, Minnesota gave up a third, but I think Ryan Reeves would have been the exact player that we were, were missing and not because his, like obviously the dude's a beast. He can fight, obviously everything like that. I just think in terms of um, in terms of uh, what am I trying to say here? Character. He brings a lot to the room, and I think that's something that Toronto. Uh, not that we don't have that already, but that's something that we could, you know, someone that, like for example, the Ryan McDonough was on thirty two thousand. He said the biggest, one of the best acquisitions that they ever made that he thought was Patrick Maroon because he's been there because he went on a long playoff run. And when people were tense, he would bring them down because he's a jokester. And I feel like Ryan Reeves has that experience as well as can go on and back it up. Uh, but I do think at some point Toronto needs to add someone who 
uh, is a little bit stronger because I think Wayne Simmons has kind of fallen out of that weight class of being a tough guy. But I think that they need someone because when Patrick Maroon and Corey Perry come at Toronto nonstop, I feel like their personalities are kind of lay off and laugh about it until they get too mad. And I feel like that's the, the biggest downfall here is Toronto doesn't have the ability to um, push back as much. So if they can add one guy who can play a little bit better onto a next level of Wayne Simmons, that would be my pick. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm the same boat as you guys. Um, I'd go with physicality. Um, my number one pick would be Lawson Kraus. Add him. Um, it's going to cost a little more, but I think he'd be worth it. And I think he's the guy we missing. He can do everything. Um, uh, on defense, I'd like to see them add like a Luke Shen. I know he's already been talked about a little bit. Um, he kind of brings that physicality as well. Goodiness, he'll fight. He won't let people poke, poke his goalie. Um, and then if Kraus cost way too much, I would go maybe Sam Lafferty from uh, Chicago. I know they're trying to sell everyone. So Good pick. Bring back Colin, uh, Colin Blackwell while you're at it. Um, do that. I mean, not not that I disagreed specifically with Spencer when he made his point, but I, I feel like the, the couple additions they've already made this offseason have kind of been maybe not a Ryan Reeves level player, but like Dryden Hunt is still a physical, a kind of gritty player, and then like they already have Connor Timmons, who seems like when he's in the lineup seems to be playing incredibly well. So I don't I don't know, like obviously I'd like them to add pieces, but I I just don't see them doing it. Like they yeah. need to do it when you already have I, all these guys already who could step. I up thought that too. I thought that that like about. just based on what they've added already, I feel like it's going to be tight to add something, but I feel like uh, in this in this next two years, they're going to have to stop looking at like what we could give out for draft picks, and I know I said Ryan Reese for a draft pick, but that's just what he went for, but I feel like Toronto's going to stop having to look at, like, uh, we could give up uh, a fifth for David Riddich or a third for David Riddich or whatever. Like I feel like they're going to have to start looking at, like, for example, Lawson Crows. So if Lawson Crows is available and we could give up Pierre Ingvall to make that work, could we do that deal? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think they need to add add players on their team that are making the players that they're sending away better. You know, I'm you know I'm trying to say rather than just like a we'll bring in two more versions of Dryden Hunt for a fifth and a seventh and a prospect. When and I'm not saying Sam Lafferty's not that, but I'm just saying like if they did bring in Sam Lafferty, that's one. But if they bring in Lawson Kraus or whomever, then they should start looking at sending pieces out that aren't going to be here long term. I just feel like down the road when you're facing. Uh, Tampa in a seven in that uh, seven game series, and then potentially Boston again. Toronto is not equipped to handle that type of stuff. And I understand people like people. I, I personally believe in the regular season, it's not the same. Like Toronto is equipped to handle all of that, but at the same time, like I, I truthfully don't want to see Austin Matthews get run four hundred times a game because you have uh, two. The two teams have bottom six players who. We'll just run you all the time. The other thing that actually that, that would, I don't usually that would still happen even with Ryan Reeves on the team. Like yeah, look at last year, they had Simmons and Clifford, and then Clifford made a stupid play in the first or second game and got suspended for the rest of it. Yeah, but that's what I'm play. saying is Ryan Ryan Reeves. I personally think, or Nick Delorier, I personally think they're a step ahead of those two in actual play style. Like they can they can compete 
lead and a regular like Kyle Clifford's job was legitimately just obviously to be an enforcer on the team that made that made stupid mistakes. Although Ryan Reeves will still do that. I feel like his personality and his the way that he plays is going to differ than Wayne Simmons and Kyle Clifford. Like same as Nick Deloria, they can still score. They can still kill penalties. Wayne Simmons doesn't do that. Kyle Clifford literally played three minutes a game and just tried to fight and, and took a stupid penalty. Like, I just, I think that, like, truthfully, I don't usually agree with this kind of stuff, but watching the Leafs in the playoffs the last couple of years, like, they're going to need someone to actually do something because I don't want to see Awesome Matthews chuck knuckles and break them. You know, like, eventually, like, two, three rounds into the playoffs, you're going to have to have someone that's going to stand up for your teammates, no? And not Dryden Hunt, who's notoriously not a fighter. He just checks. And Zach Reese, who's had three fights in his career. Those players aren't going to do it for you when you're facing Pat Maroon. Or whomever Boston has, Nick Felino. Trent Frederick. Yeah, Trent Frederick. There's no one on Toronto, not even Wayne Simmons at this point, that's tougher than Trent Frederick. So if Trent Frederick stands up for his teammates, who who are you going to have to do anything right, about then, On the flip side of that, though, if, if he stands up for his teammate, then he's just making a dumb penalty. If he jumps in on a guy and starts punching him and no one in the Leafs steps in, then wouldn't that just mean Toronto power play? Yeah, but that's the thing. Is like everyone assumes that when you stand up for your teammates, it's going to be like he's just going to like David Clarkson jump off the bench or jump in and instantly stand up for his teammates. I think it's just the threat of like, okay, if you run – think about TJ Brody. If if he actually needs surgery but he's not going to get that surgery and he gets ran like 15 times a game in the playoffs and they keep running him because his right side's injured, don't you think someone like uh, Ryan Reeves to go to the guy after and be like, you run him again and we're going to scrap. And Ryan Reeves is the most feared hockey player in the NHL. Like, don't you All think right. that's going to be like, the guys well, are going to be a maybe, oh, okay, but cool. then in the case of, in the case of someone like Patrick Maroon or Trent Frederick, who would drop the gloves with them are just going to keep doing it because they know that they could just well, drop. The that's the thing again. though. If Ryan Reeves dummies on which we both know that they, he will, he could Ryan Reeves is on the question now because he's not, he's not available. Right, obviously. He's, he's has he not dummy Patrick Maroon in the past? And Patrick Maroon still does all the stuff that you're saying would stop his. Yeah, ne- the next, just like Tom Wilson. After he dummy Tom Wilson in the playoffs, Tom Wilson didn't do stupid stuff because he already got dummied. The next year he did I stupid would, stuff. Like Tom Wilson may be a tough guy, but I don't think he's a tough guy in the same way Ryan Reeves or Trent Frederick and them are tough guys. I think Tom well, Wilson is a Maroon tough guy in today's NHL because the modern or the old style enforcer isn't around anymore. So the power, but the power forward guys have become the, the tough guys. Whereas Ryan Reeves or Trent Frager are legitimate fighters, tough guys, where Tom Wilson, I think, is more just like a power forward who fights like a Jerome Ginla. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you're probably right on that one. I just think that Toronto needs it. Like, I, I'm tired of seeing them. I'm tired of seeing Ben Ben Sherrod and 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 Eric Chernak basically ragdoll Austin Matthews as much as he wants, and Austin Matthews just push back, and then nothing happens, and then like I feel like the the art of having someone who's actually feared on your team is, is a lot, is a lot better than uh, like even Colorado. They've got Chris McDermott. Like he's a super incredibly tough guy who will pretty much dummy most people in the NHL and they don't, they didn't use him until the playoffs. And then he came in, I mean, barring a a lot of injuries as well. I just feel like it's, it's, it's good to have players who can do those things. But yeah, no, not I'm on saying a regular wrong. season, just in a postseason. I'm just saying, like, I think that you, I should probably, to me anyway, having a more well-rounded team with those star players, you just take the physicality and move on from it. Because 
when Toronto lost to Tampa Bay last year, it wasn't because they were getting out. Like Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay may have been more physical, but they didn't lose the series because Tampa Bay dominated them physically. They lost the game because they caved to the pressure of the game seven after the stupid penalty that the ref called, and then they couldn't battle back from it. To me, anyway. So I feel yeah, like the game, um, the game seven wasn't the game when they withdrew all the penalties. That was game six. The ju- wasn't the Justin Hall interference pick game seven? No, I think that was game six. And then Brain Point scored in overtime, wasn't it? All right, well, then that still works for my point, though, because then they just caved to the pressure of, of being down in another game late in the series and, and couldn't battle back. But, yeah, well, maybe, I, I maybe the players that physically dominated them also mentally dominated them. I don't know. It just seems like every time, like every year of Austin Matthews' career, he's never actually had someone to stand up. They had Matt Martin, who barely played, and they had Kyle Clifford, Wayne Simmons, who barely played. Besides, like the time before Wayne Simmons got injured, I just feel like there's a potential that maybe these guys wouldn't be so um, not scared, but fearful. You know, like William Elander, at some points in last year's playoffs, it seemed like he was scared to go into the court to get the puck. I feel like having a guy who would stand up for these players basically nonstop would help. And just in the playoffs, I don't care about the regular season. Like, I think Toronto dominates the regular season. But come the playoffs, I, I, I'm curious, legitimately curious. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But if they just did it one year just to see, and like I'm curious to see if that actually make an impact. And if it doesn't, then okay, so be it. But I just feel like that they, they should try it. Anyways, uh, we, we gotta get going here because the game is on. Bobby Mc, uh, McMahon scored, but they waved it off because he kicked it. So uh, we'll get quickly in the week ahead. Week ahead, Toronto had two back to backs in this last week. Uh, from now till the 29th, they play every other day. And then in the beginning of February, I believe they played the second, and then they have like a seven-day break. Um, and the next week, they play Boston on Saturday, Florida on Tuesday, and Winnipeg on, I believe, Thursday night, the 19th, I believe, so Thursday. Those three games, I mean, Florida, I take Florida out because they suck. Uh, Boston and Winnipeg, Florida will be a good game, though, but for, uh, Boston and Winnipeg will be contests for playoffs, obviously, because those are playoff-contending teams. Uh, and that is a wrap on the podcast. Everyone good with that? Yeah, let's get to watching yep. the game. All right. So subscribe to our podcast, uh, subscribe to or follow us on social media, and thanks for listening. See you, See you next, next week. week.